This morning I'd like to share on the Lordship of Christ. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? If He is really Lord of your life and you desire to, to know Him better, then you can better make Him known to others. We live in a society that, that is sad and, and sick. People think they can find peace of mind in pills. They eat and drink their way to pleasure. They try to smoke their way to settle nerves and puff their way to popularity. And they try to, to push their way to, to friendship and, and bomb their way to, to world peace. A number of years ago, I, I went to Mississippi to help on a CAM project after Hurricane Katrina. And while I was there, I was told that in New Orleans, where, where the casinos were destroyed in the storm, that they had already rebuilt those casinos back and were in business. And just across the road from them was debris and shattered homes. There are people everywhere that need Christ. And while we were there, we, we worked on a, a house for, for Chris Stork and his family. He was on disability because of a, a mental problem. And he shared with me one day that he has a problem with getting along with people. And he mentioned the fact that the people that had come and, and worked on his home from, from Cam, that he hadn't had any problems with, with those people. We have the answer to this society. We know where a poor man has a chance. We know how a sick man can, can get well. And we know how an ignorant man can become wise and how bad men can be made good and where good men can be made better. And even a dead man can be made alive. And that is in Jesus Christ. Groups of civilization has has cut new courses be because of the courage of men who have have come under the love and the lordship of Jesus. And the question may be asked, is this is this topic relevant for our day? Well, for the lost, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the nation, Psalm 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And for those who, who claim to be committed, acknowledgement of Christ's authority must be accompanied by absolute obedience to his commandments. In Luke 6, 46, Jesus asked the question, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? There are four classes of men. 
who may be described by their relationship to the Lord. The first one is those who neither call Him Lord nor do the things which He says. The second one are those who call Him Lord but do not the things which He says. The third one is those who do not call Him Lord but do those things which He says. And then fourthly, those who both call Him Lord and do those things which He says. Now, Lord is, is not a word that, that is to be used lightly or meaninglessly. It's a title which should be taken upon our lips with godly fear. We can see what Jesus meant when He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Everyone is, is mastered by someone or, or something. And Christ alone deserves, deserves first place. We need a strength stronger than ourselves. We need a, a strength strong enough to help us to, to stand the strain and, and stresses of our struggles. And the only rightful Lord of our lives is Jesus Christ. Now, in order for Him to be the Prince of Peace to you, a coronation service must, must take place. You must crown Him King in your own heart. You can turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. And I'd like to read several verses there, verses, verses 9 to 11. Now these are the words of the Apostle Paul who walked all over the, the pagan world and, and turned houses into chapels and, and street corners into a pulpit to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he lit the lamp of the gospel even in Caesar's household and he started Christian churches and, and then sat in Nero's cell in chains and encouraged early Christian churches by writing letters. And in his letter here to the Philippians, Paul penned the announcement that God has given Christ a name that is above every name. It's a, it's a title of dignity above all, all creatures, men and angels. And he envisions a time when, when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that, that Jesus is Lord. So let's read verses 9 to 11. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then in the, in the letter to, to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, Paul speaks of the supremacy of Christ in verses 15 to 23. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, 
who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all the creation. He is the firstborn from the dead. In all things, he has the preeminence. He precedes all others in, in his priority. He exceeds all others in his superiority, and he succeeds all others in, in his finality. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overseers, of the overcomers. And he's the governor of the governors. And he's the prince of, of the princes. And he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. Turn with me to, to Romans chapter, chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye, 
ye, ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become service to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his letter to, to the Romans, Paul declared that, that we all belong to Christ. And we are responsible, responsible ultimately to Him for everything we do. We live unto the Lord, and when we, when we die, we die unto the Lord. Christ died and was, was laid in the grave and then, then rose again forevermore so that He might be Lord both to the dead and the living. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now the word Lord means having power or authority. The Great Commission in, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20 is, is based on the, the claims of our Savior's Lordship. Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Lord means ownership. His lordship is, is based on his ownership and his, his ownership is, is based on his lordship. He is Lord. Psalm 24, 1 and 2 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For He hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Everything that we, we see, hear, feel, and taste is the Lord's, even things that we don't see. He didn't have to put His signature in the corner of a sunrise because he's the owner. He didn't have to carve his initials in the, in the side of a mountain because he's the owner. And he didn't have to put a brand on the, on the cattle of a thousand hills because he's the owner. He didn't even have to take out a copyright of the songs that he gives the birds because he's the owner. All Christians have applied this, this title of, of Lord 
to Christ. On either the human or the divine level, the, the title Lord is a, is a mark of, of respect, an implied pledge of obedience. Once Simon Peter stood before a hostile crowd and, and said that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now Christ represents the, the thing that God hath done to redeem us. And we ought to call him, him master and, and be obedient servants unto him. We ought to call him, him owner because he possesses absolutely our lives. And we ought to call him father for he is our only hope and he's our only help. Let's turn to, to Psalm 46. This psalm encourages us to, to hope and, and trust in God and His power and, and providence and gracious presence with His, with his church in the, in the worst of times and directs us to give Him the glory of, of what He has done for us and what He will do. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. In, in verses 1 to 5, we are taught to take comfort in, in God when, when things look look very black and threatening. And then in verses 6 to 9, we are to, to mention to His praise the great things He has, has wrought for his, his church against its enemies. And then in verse 10 and 11, we are to assure ourselves that, that God who has glorified His own name will glorify it yet again and to comfort ourselves with that. This sovereign Lord is, is with us. He sides with us, and He has promised He will never leave us. Jesus Christ is Lord because He came, came down from heaven. He was born in Bethlehem. He, he hid in Egypt. He was brought up in Nazareth. 
He was baptized in Jordan. He was tempted in the wilderness. He performed miracles by the roadside. He even healed multitudes without medicine and made no charges for His service. He conquered everything that, that came up against Him. He took your sins and mine and went out on Calvary and there died. While on that cross, He said several things. In teaching us how to forgive, He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then in teaching us how to comfort, He said to the repentant thief, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And in teaching us how to sympathize, He said, Woman, behold thy son. And son, behold thy mother. And in teaching us how to endure, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then teaching us how to suffer, he said, I thirst. And then teaching us how to accomplish, he said, It is finished. And teaching us how to die, he said, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit. While the thief on the cross taunted him and, and said, if you, be the, if you be the Christ, come down from the cross and save yourself. And while you're at it, save us too. But to that, Jesus never responded. But the silence seemed to, to have said, just wait till Sunday morning and I'll show you that it's better to come up from the grave than to come down from the cross. And he dropped his head and he died. He didn't just pass out. No, he died. The veil of the temple was was rent in, tw in twain from the top to the bottom. And then he was buried in the tomb. But that was only temporary. On the first day of the week, there was a, there was a great earthquake. And he rose from the grave. He came forth out of the grave with, with every form of power in, in the universe. It was his omnipotence. He is Lord. You know, men have been trying to, to rid him of his power. They've tried to, to wrestle his power from him. And I'd like to ask you something. What are, they going to, what are they going to use for power? You know, if they try to destroy him by fire, he'll refuse to burn. And if they try to destroy him by water, he'll walk on it. If they try to destroy him by a strong wind, the tempest will nick his hand and lay down at his feet. And if they try to destroy him by the law, they'll find no fault in him. And if they try to destroy him by putting him in the grave, thank God he'll arise. And if you try to destroy him by rejecting him or ignoring him, 
You may soon hear a still small voice saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is the pearl from paradise. He's the gem from, from glory land. He's pure and holy. And his name stands as, as a synonym for free healing, for friendship, and for full salvation. His blessed name is, is like honey to the taste and like harmony to the ear and like help to the soul and hope to the heart. And in his birth is our significance. In his life is our example. In his cross is our redemption. And in his resurrection is our hope. There are some who say that they are going to accept Christ and, and acknowledge him as, as Lord, but, but first they have some living to do. You don't really live until you come to him who said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Borderline Christian living is too dangerous and risky. That's the reason the prophet said, Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't wait. Acknowledge him as your Savior and Lord today. Fear him because of his power. Trust him because of his wisdom and love him because of his goodness and praise him because of his faithfulness. Believe him because of his greatness and adore him because of his holiness. He's Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He is my salvation. He is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my high power. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is. He always has been, always will be. When Moses was called of God to lead the children of, of Israel out of Egypt, he asked God, when they shall ask, who sent you, what shall I say? And what did God say? Tell them that I am has sent you. God the Lord is, is always present. We could spend a lot of time just, just talking about the Lord is here and He's there and He's everywhere all at the same time. But rather than, than going on and on, we list that under omnipresence. When we say that familiar passage of, of Psalm 23, we say the Lord is my shepherd. The two-letter word my shows possession and affection husbands if you if you love your wife you refer to her not as the wife but as my wife isaiah says he shall feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom john talked about the Lord as the good shepherd. And Paul referred to him as, as the great shepherd. 
Peter called him the chief shepherd. And I love to call him my shepherd. A little girl was, was asked to, to recite Psalm 23.1 and she said, The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. Maybe we ought to turn to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. I shall not want for rest, for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment, he leadeth me beside the still waters. I shall not want for forgiveness, for he restoreth my soul. I shall not want for guidance, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I shall not want for companionship, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I shall not want for comfort. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I shall not want for sustenance or provisions, for thou preparest a table before me right in the presence of mine enemies. I shall not want for joy, for he anointeth my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. I shall not want for anything in this life, for he has goodness on one side and mercy on the other, and they will follow me all the days of my life. I shall not want for anything in the life to come, for I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't say we're going to camp there. It says dwell or reside to make one's home. And I get excited when I think about when, when this life is, is over. Yes, we'll dwell in a land where we'll never grow old. We'll dwell in a city that hath foundations whose, whose builder and maker is, is God. We'll dwell in a house that's not made with hands. And to dwell where Jesus is. Where there will be no sighing, no crying. No more pain. No more disappointments. But with Jesus our Lord forever and ever. Is Jesus your Lord? Is He first place in your life? Will He say when your life on this earth is, is finished, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Revelation 21.7 says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. By right of inheritance, we can be the sons of God. In closing, I'd like to turn to John chapter 14. Here Jesus was continuing his discourse with the disciples after supper. He had discarded Judas and set himself to comfort the rest. And the disciples had just heard some disturbing words. And here's what Jesus says. Verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Christ knows our souls in in adversity. He tells the disciples to let not their heart be troubled. Even though things around them may trouble them, they were to not let their hearts be troubled. And then in verse 2, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. I've been in a, a number of homes that were, that were rather large and, and very elegant and needless to say, probably very expensive. Some would, cl- some would classify these as, as mansions. I don't know how you would classify a mansion, whether it's, it's a large place on, on many well-kept acres or just a huge building. But here it says that Jesus is preparing a place for us where, where there are many mansions. There's room for each one of us. Here on earth we are as in an inn. In heaven we shall gain a settlement. Verse 3 says He is going to prepare a place for us. Heaven would be an unready place for the Christian if Christ were not there. I'd like to read verse 23 yet. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. If we love God, we will commune with him and keep his commandments. Obedience to the laws of Christ is is evidence of our love to Christ. And as we go throughout this week, I want you to ask yourself, Is Jesus really Lord of my life? Is there anything that is is blocking that relationship? If you want to live life to the fullest, allow Jesus to have complete control of your life.